I saw something this morning very clearly in my spirit. We are now entering the season of the joy of the season, which is Jesus and the joy of generosity. And I just want to talk to you about generosity for a moment. It is not a one-time act. It is a way of life. It's loving and sowing and serving from your heart because you love God and you love people. Giving makes us more like God. For God so loved the world that he gave. I heard this quote years ago and I love it. You can give without loving, but you cannot give love without giving. To be like God, you've got to learn to become a giver. And one of the definitions of generosity in the Hebrew literally means to saturate with water, which is a symbol of life. It means to overflow in a way that brings life to people. When I think about those wells that we help paid for over the years, one recently and one in yesteryear, that well of water is continuously flowing into African children. Your generosity has made it possible for children and adults to drink fresh water. Whereas water could kill them when it's polluted and full of bacteria because of your generosity. And immediately I saw this in my spirit to overflow. I saw John seven thirty eight. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. When you have been impacted by your good, good father and you've received of his generosity and all the gifts that he has given and you get on the giving end of life, out of your life, out of your inner man flows rivers of generosity. Generosity to a person who needs healing is experiencing life through you when you minister to them. Generosity is expressed in kindness. It's not just expression you're giving of material things. But generosity is expressed in a kind word. Acts of kindness. I want to exhort you this holiday season to look for ways to be generous. Bake someone some cookies. So he says, well, I'm not a baker. Well, go to Lucky and buy some. It's not the idea of being perfect in everything we do. It's the heart of giving. Out of our belly, out of the inner life, flows rivers of love. Oh, come on. Rivers of giving. Rivers of encouragement. Say with me, I got a river of life flowing out of me. And it's helping people today. I've written this in my notes. Out of our inner man, there is to be a flow of generosity. In the Greek, it also means ready to distribute, available to give our time, our talents, and our treasures to bless others. Amen. And so in this season, you're going to see banners. You're going to be getting emails of life change that have taken place in your church this past year. Uh, We're going to do some of them live, some of them videoed by next week. 
But we just want to exalt Jesus and be more like him every day. And be a loving and a giving church more this year than we've ever had. More next year than we did this year. And so I've placed together a little PowerPoint to kind of share with you some other thoughts very quickly. In the first slide, there's our banner, the joy of generosity, the heart of giving. The next slide, it's the fruit of God's grace, the product of a transformed heart. It develops in an atmosphere where it is encouraged, celebrates, and reproduced consistently over time. Next slide. The generous man from Proverbs 11.25 is a source of blessing. Say it with me, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. To be a blessing. To be a blessing. And shall be prosperous and enriched. And he who waters him will himself be watered, reaping the generosity he has sown. Isn't that powerful? Yes. And the next one. Flows from an understanding that all we have and ever will become is not ours to possess. And it results in sharing what we've been given with others for the advancement of the kingdom and for the glory of God. Areas that we've been generous this past year. We supported 19 ministries, over 19 ministries thus far this year. Most recently, Operation Blessing and Samaritan's Purse for Hurricane Relief. We gave money toward the SHU uh, project for little children. We've sown to Rama, we've sown to Moore Life Ministry, to Copeland's Ministries, to Jeremy Pearson Ministries, to Billy Brim Ministries, to Caminetti, to A21. Her name escapes me, but she's a very popular speaker on TBN, Christine Kane, helping people out of human trafficking. It's an, it's an honorable thing. Brother Jim, Donnie Moore, Beyond International, which has uh, ministry all over the UK. Uttermost Ministries, which is a great ministry in Samoa. And then we supported San Francisco Impact Academy by supporting children in the inner city to be able to go to school with tuition. And then Hope for the Heart, which is a local ministry that feeds people by the thousands every year. I mean the thousands. We give to them monthly. We support them. And also to Joe Hernandez Ministries, who, by the way, is in Dubai setting up ministry that is going to literally hit the Middle East. Hallelujah. With the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's just kind of a little snapshot. And we're going to go ahead and look at the next one. Our joy of generosity goal for this amount is 225000 Now this will begin on the 1st of December. So your giving today will just go into the regular giving. But starting December 1st, anything that you give may go to the following December's budget, which includes our building payment, ministry projects, international ministries, global outreaches, and local ministries, such as City Team in Oakland. And I spoke with them the other day. It's been in my heart to check up with them and to see what they're doing. And that ministry houses young men and older men that are in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. Amen. But not only do they house them for a period of time, they disciple them for over a year. And they feed them and they minister to them. It's a wonderful, wonderful ministry. I've been invited to speak there. I don't know that I'm going to, but maybe one of you can represent me and go speak to them. But that's something that we're going to be sowing to. Then Hope for the Heart, which is a great local ministry that feeds people by the thousands. And then Tony Cook is just about finishing his book project, Translated into Mandarin. How many of you know that there is a huge revival in China? 
I mean a huge revival. One of the greatest books Brother Tony has ever written is called Grace, the DNA of God. And so we're going to be sowing $1,000 into that so they can finish that book project up. It's going to be awesome. And then Billy Brim has got in her heart to have a TV truck to wherever they go. They can just, praise the Lord, set up shop and get her done. So we'll be supporting that. Matt and Julie Beamy were just with them in Africa. They've pastored in the U.K. and Manchester. They ministered in Africa for several years. They have outposts in Egypt. Now they're going to be moving to Beirut, Lebanon, starting Ramas all over the world. It's an awesome thing. And so we want to give them a very generous gift at year end or beginning of the year. And then uh, World Outreach Church, that's Mark Brzee. His dad just passed away, and I told him, I said, Mark, we're going to send you an honor offering in the honor of your father for a missions project you guys have. Amen? And so we're praising God for that. Amen? Amen. And uh, so this 225000 will enable us to meet our budget for the year, plus go beyond. Amen. How many of you believe above and beyond? Amen. So that we can even be a greater blessing. Let's raise our hands toward heaven. And let's just thank Him for that amount of money to come in. Lord, we thank You, Lord, that You are more than enough, that You are El Shaddai, that You are our source. And so we claim the 225,000 in the name of Jesus. Devil, we tell You to take Your hands off that money. And we loose the angels right now to loose You to go and cause it to come. And Lord, we give You the praise. Come on, let's praise Him. Let's give Him praise and thanksgiving. Glory to God. Glory to God. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. Amen. Amen. So if you were here last week, you saw that uh, Heart for the House had $116,000 come in uh, in October through November 6th. So that really helped us get just about even with our budget. Amen. And so we have one more month to go. We have a budget for December. We're calling it done. We're calling the needs met. Amen. With more than more than enough. Hallelujah. While I was standing here, listen very carefully now. I believe the Holy Spirit is prompting me to say this. That I'm setting up divine opportunities for you in this season to be generous. Look for it, expect it, and know this, that I'm more than enough to supply your need so that you can sow generous seed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It may be on the street. It may be on the job. It may be in your home. But you'll know when the opportunity knocks on your door, for I will give you an inward witness. The same way that you know you're saved is the same way you'll know that this is me. So give me glory ahead of time. And know this, that I am moving on your behalf in order for you to be a greater blessing. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I receive it, Lord. I receive it. I receive it. Eyes to see, Lord. Eyes, eyes, eyes. Eyes to see. Ears to hear. Moving forward in faith without any fear. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Amen. You may be seated. And open your Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians, the second chapter and the 14th verse. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Thayer's definition of triumph is to celebrate a victory, to cause one to triumph. This does not sound to me like win a few and lose a few. The Bible does not say that. It says always triumph. Amen? In other words, we should be confessing that I always win because I am more than a conqueror through Him. Because He loves me. Amen? And so God will always cause you to triumph when you're thankful. Now one thing we know about the enemy, he is a defeated foe. He is not just a loser, he is the loser. Read the back of the book. He is the eternally defeated one, but you and I are the eternally redeemed ones. Amen? Glory to God. And so he maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Strong's definition of savor literally is, and figuratively, is fragrance. It's odor. It's a savor. When you and I walk into a room, people ought to say, hmm, what's the difference here? What's that I smell? You could tell them it's eau de victory. So whatever he starts in you and whatever he is doing through you, be thankful every day. The Lord recently spoke to us by his spirit and said that thanksgiving is the door for more. Now what we are not thankful for, we are in danger of losing. And so we want to maintain and develop a lifestyle of thanksgiving. It's the password, you know. Amen. In Psalms 100, he says, enter the password, which is thank you. Make yourself at home, just like you're doing today. Make yourself at home in your home. Taking, talking praise, thanking him and worshiping him. If you want to be fit for life, and if you want to be strong in life and strengthened in life, we must live a lifestyle of thanksgiving. The way that Abraham was strengthened in faith and that the way he went from strength to strength in his process of becoming the father of many nations, the Bible says he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. It's a good thing to give God the glory. For when you give God the glory, he comes down in his glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. It'll strengthen you. The joy of the Lord is your strength. In His presence there is fullness of joy. Now in Psalm 34, let's look over there. Psalm 34 verses 1 through 3 says, I will bless the Lord when I feel like it. No. His praise shall occasionally be in my mouth. Is that what it says, Raul? No, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast, not in ourselves, but in him. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify 
the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Praise and thanksgiving glorifies God. Praise and thanksgiving magnifies the Lord. And it's something we should be doing regularly. Turn into Luke chapter 17, verses 12 through 18. Luke 17, verses 12 through 18. As he entered into a certain village, there met him how many lepers? They stood afar off because they were not to go into public because they were diseased. And they, now notice, they lifted up their voices. Now, I don't think they were quiet about it. Do you? No. No? They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priests. See, the priests needed to declare that they were cleansed before they could go back into public. And it came to pass, now notice, here's this truth here, as they went, they were cleansed. Faith is acting on the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to them, which said, go show yourself to the priest, which is the same thing as saying, you're healed, you're whole. Hallelujah. Now notice this. And one of them, not all nine of them, and one of them, you see, anybody can get loud when they have a need. Anybody can shout when they have a need, but not many people get loud and shout after the need is met. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with what kind of voice? A loud voice glorified God. Fell down on his feet, giving him thanks, for he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Don't you be one of the eight. You You be one of the rare kind. You be one of the ones. That will give God glory in all seasons, at all times. I will praise Him in the morning. I'll praise Him in the noontime. I'll praise Him all day long. Amen? I'm going to be one of those. I'm going to be one of the rare kind. The rare kind may be difficult to find, but God knows right where you are. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, and He will show Himself strong on behalf of of the rare kind. Hallelujah. Ooh, I want him showing himself strong in your life and in my life. Verse 18. There are not found that return to give glory to God, said this stranger. But he said to the one, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made you whole. Was God glorified when this man was cleansed? Do the works of God glorify God? Do healings glorify God? Amen. Say with me, thanksgiving Thanksgiving. is glorifying glorifying. and magnifying magnifying the Lord. Lord. Psalm 34, 3, once again, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Now, what does a magnifying glass do? All of you have seen a magnifying glass. A magnifying glass makes something look what? Bigger and bigger and bigger. Hallelujah. We are to magnify the Lord. Now understand this. He's already magnified. He's way out beyond any magnifying glass that you could ever find. 
He's bigger than the biggest. Woo, hallelujah. But magnifying him enables him or causes him to get bigger in you. It expands your vision of him. There's no limit to what God can do. The only limit is us. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's working in you. I want to encourage you this morning, heart of the bay, live expansively. Magnify the Lord. In the midst of your difficulty, don't magnify the difficulty, magnify the Lord. In the midst of bills stacking up, don't magnify the bills, magnify the bill payer. Ooh, hallelujah. Don't magnify so Don't magnify the need, magnify the need meter. Don't magnify the disease, magnify Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer. Hallelujah. Don't magnify the stress, the worry, or the fear, but magnify Jehovah Shalom, the Lord your peace. We don't give you nothing missing and nothing broken. Now let's do that right now. Let's magnify him. Ha ha ha. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Seeing, seeing, seeing. Oh, my, my, my. Seeing. The spirit of seeing. The spirit of seeing will come upon those who magnify me, saith the Lord. Mm. You'll be able to see clearer than you've ever been able to see. You'll be able to see further than you've ever been to see. Further than you've ever been able to see. Oh, my. You'll see things. You'll know things as you magnify me, saith the Lord. That's a word. That's a word. Oh, I magnify you, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. Whew. Magnifying the Lord will give you insight. What does that mean, insight? Sight in here. Clear in here. Amen. So magnifying makes something bigger. Now listen to these statements. God works in our lives in a greater way according to our ability to receive. And then when our ability to receive from Him is increased, His involvement in our lives is increased. I'm going to say that again. This is important, guys. When our ability to receive from Him is increased, I mean, the ability to magnify Him and see His plan, to just know what He wants to do in our lives, when that is increased, His involvement in our life is increased. How many times did Jesus say, according to your faith, so be it unto you? That's not a mean statement. That's a statement to encourage us to get our faith built up. So that we can apprehend, so that we can see and believe and receive. Amen. Now, giving glory to God gives place to God. Look at Romans chapter 4. Romans the fourth chapter in the 18th verse. We'll look at that in just a moment. But before Abraham was Abraham, he was Abram. And God told Abraham that I have made you a father of how many nations? Many nations. <laughs> Ooh, glory. God calls those things which be not as though they were, 
And before Abraham was, God called him the father of many nations. Now let's pick this up in verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope. In other words, when all natural hope was gone, Abraham plugged into a supernatural hope, which is a confident, favorable expectation based upon what God had said. God had said, you're the father of many nations. Abraham could only see that. He left the natural hope and he plugged in confidently and expected what God had said to come to pass. He would have never, ever become the father of many nations if God didn't say he was. If he did not have that foundation to stand upon, his hope would have been very flimsy. Oh, but God gave him a sure word. He gave him a sure foundation. And he's given you 66 books of a sure word and a sure foundation so we could stand and then confidently and favorably expect the God of hope to bring it to pass. Amen. So, who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations... According, of course, to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, verse 19, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So what Abraham didn't do, he didn't magnify or glorify how old he was. He didn't think about the deadness of Sarah's womb. He had to remove that from his thought life where all he could see is what God had said. Now listen to this statement. Whatever we magnify and whatever we glorify, we give more place to in our lives. Did you get that? Whatever that I magnify, I give place to. Whatever it may be. Whatever you magnify, you give place to. What you behold, in a sense, is what you become. Now, you do know the enemy is defeated. Right? But the question has been asked, well, how then is he able then to steal and to kill and to destroy So many good people. Well, one way is through deception. And another way is he tries to get people just like you and me to use the spiritual forces that that should be helping us against ourselves. You know, faith-filled words dominate the laws of sin and death. That's a weapon of your warfare. But fear-filled words open the door to the destroyer. The enemy just can't come along and do what he wants to do. That's why the Bible says, neither give place to the devil. In other words, he tries to turn faith into fear, meditation into worry, instead of magnifying God, magnify the problem. Now listen to this statement. People are missing the connection of the way they think and the way they speak, the words they speak, and magnifying the problem 
They don't make that connection and life getting worse. They think, well, it just must be the, the will of God. You just never know what God is going to do. No, we know what God is going to do because we know what He's done. We have a record of what He's done in the past. And what He's done in the past, He will do today because He said, I am the Lord your God and I do not change. And He has set in His Word spiritual principles that we are to live by. Men and women, we are speaking spirits. We are not designed to speak from our flesh or to speak from our soul. We are designed by the God of all grace and the God of all mercy to speak and to say what He has said. And when we speak and say what He has said, we will have what we say according to what He said. Come on, somebody. Mm. Well, I just don't know. It must be the mysterious will of God. Have you checked what you're saying? Have you checked what you're magnifying? Have you checked how you're thinking? Be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Somebody says, oh, Pastor Mark, that, that's not easy to do. If you'll start out and develop in it and train yourself, it'll just become second nature to you. It'll just become a way of life. Learn the language of redemption. Look at your neighbor and say, learn the language of redemption. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Not the disease. Not the bills. Whose choice is it? When you get up in the morning, whose choice is it to what you're going to magnify? Because what we magnify will either get bigger and bigger or worse and worse. I love that scripture. Let God arise. And his enemies be scattered. My prayer for you is that you will get in this word and you will let God arise big on the inside of you. And your enemies will run from you as in terror. Hallelujah! Enlarge your insides and give them a bigger place to work. Now verse 20 of Romans 4 says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, But he was strong in faith, doing what? Let's just take about 30 seconds and let's give God some glory. Amen. Glory. Don't sit there and look at me. Look at the Lord. Glory. (laughs) Give God the glory. Give him the glory. Give him the glory. Do his name. Hallelujah. Oh, Pastor Mark, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't seem like I have much to give God the glory for. You're breathing, aren't you? Are you breathing today? Come on, everybody, take a deep breath. Ah, Let everything that has breath. Yeah. <laughs> Glory! Did you have something to eat yesterday? 
to God be the glory. Are you going to have something to eat pretty soon again? To God be the glory. You live in a free nation? To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Oh yeah, the nation needs work, but so do you. So do I. We all need some work. Let them work in your life. And let them work in this nation by giving thanks. I exhort that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks may be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is the will of God. Hallelujah. In Christ Jesus concerning you. Misquoted that last part, but you get the point. Give God thanks for this nation instead of criticizing and complaining and moaning and bemoaning. Get on your knees and start groaning in the Spirit. Get on your knees and start praying in the Holy Ghost that thy kingdom come and thy will be done in this great nation. As in heaven, so it is in earth. Amen. For this is good and acceptable, amen, in the sight of God, amen. So, I don't know how we got off on that, but we did. Give and thanks. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. I believe this. You know, you can't prove me wrong. I can't prove me right. But I, I saw this this morning. You judge it. That's fine. He was fully persuaded. I believe this, that when God spoke to him, you're the father of men and nations, he was confident, he was persuaded. But I believe as he walked down that path of faith and started giving glory to God, it strengthened him and he went from being persuaded to being fully persuaded. Amen. Amen. So once you release your faith and you're confident in God, you're confident in his word, don't leave it right there. There should be thanksgiving and praise mixed with your prayer. Amen. And, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he's able to perform, and therefore was imputed to him for righteousness. And then Psalm 69, verse 30. Whew, I'm telling you, God's in this place. Hallelujah. We may not be swinging from the chandeliers, but the, glory, the glory's here. The presence is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ha. And in his temple, does everyone glorify God? And in his temple, does everyone speak of his glory? Basically, that's saying, and in his temple, everyone gives glory to God. Hallelujah. And as you become one in that, as you set your heart on that, man, I'm telling you what, God will fill the place up with a cloud of glory. He responds to glory talk. He responds to thankful talk. Psalm 69 verse 30 says this. I will praise the name of God with what? Amen. Not necessarily, you're you're not called to record your card to sing. And I will magnify the Lord with thanksgiving. Amen. Say with me, I will magnify the Lord with a song. The Bible says if you're afflicted, what do you do? pray. But if you're merry, what do you do? Sing. Sing. Now, when I get happy, when I get merry, I don't call up Ray on the phone and say, Ray, would you sing for me? 
you can't hire someone to do your singing for you. Amen. You just can't do it. You, you, you can't hire someone to get their praise on for you. No, you put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Amen. We got any merry people here today? Hallelujah. We're going to sing a little bit at the end of this service. Glory. I felt that one. Glory to God. Amen. It's good to have helpers of our joy. It's good to have helpers of our praise. But if that's all the praising we're doing, we're falling way short of the will of God. The Bible doesn't say rejoice on Sunday. It says rejoice evermore. Oh boy, we opened up a can there. (laughs) I will praise the name of God with a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Now I'm going to save a part of this for tonight, but I do want to conclude with some thoughts that I think are really going to help you. So turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses 16 through 18. Hallelujah. I don't know, this song comes to me. Lynn Mink's old song. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. Hey, hey. Never mind. All right. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Verse 16 says... Do what? Mark Hankin says that rejoicing is the serious business of heaven. Rejoice. Well, I've lost my joy. Well, re-up. Amen? Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Now, notice this in verse 18. Read it with me. In everything give thanks... In how many things give thanks? Whose will is it? And who is it concerning? So here's what Paul's saying. Rejoice always. Pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul's saying, give thanks, it'll change your life. Now, for the majority of us, gratitude is something we experience as a result of really, really good circumstances. But it's interesting, if you look at the life of Jesus, you'll notice that he said thanks in some of the most unlikely moments. How many of you have been through some things? I've been through a few things. We've all been through some things. Some of us, some of you are going through some things right now. That does not mean that you are any less special to God than a person who's already been through it. You're special to Him. His hand is on you. He loves you. Don't let your circumstances make you feel like you are 
inferior because you're not inferior to anyone because Jesus has made you fearfully and wonderfully. Come on, somebody. And so we need, we need to talk about some of these things because sometimes the, the, the sense is, is that, you know, if you're not riding high in April and if you're shot down in May, there may be something wrong with you. That's not the case. Jesus... The night before he was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks. And he said, take, eat. This is my body. Think about it. He's, he, he was on his knees in the Garden of Gethsemane to the point where he was sweating blood. That's pressure, man. He knew what he was about to do. He knew what he was about to face. But at that table, he said... This is my body broken for you. And I want you to give thanks because I'm giving thanks in the most difficult time of my life. And then at a funeral of Lazarus, everyone's weeping. Everyone's grieving. He's late. Mary and Martha are upset. Lord, if you'd come earlier, you know... But he stinks by now. Jesus knew what he would do, but he did weep. And he said, in the midst of that kind of grief, Father, I thank you that you hear me. For I know that you hear me at all times. Perhaps you've heard of the great theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German theologian who lived during World War II era. He strongly opposed the atrocities committed against the Jews by the Nazi regime. And in 1943, he was arrested for his involvement in a plot to assassinate Adolf Hitler. He spent a year and a half in prison before being transferred to a concentration camp. And he was executed shortly thereafter. It is said of Dietrich Bonhoeffer that he did some of the most profound writing during his time in prison. One such reflection included this line, It is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. That's a staggering comment if you consider the world of Bonhoeffer in that moment. Isolation, uncertainty, Dreep grievance and the state of the world in this country and still giving thanks. Still, life held for him a richness and a joy that few on the outside looking in could make sense of or understand. And the world doesn't understand you. Because in the midst of that treatment, you're given thanks. In the midst of your children living for the enemy, you are giving thanks. Are you? In everything, give thanks. Bonhoeffer uses the word richness. I quote again, it's only with gratitude that life becomes rich. I want my life to be rich. Rich in every sense of the word. 
Bonhoeffer uses the word richness, and it's a rich word. It implies happiness, but it also goes beyond happiness. Listen to this. It implies a deep soul satisfaction, a sense that regardless of circumstances, I stand on unshakable ground. Regardless of circumstances, he could say, I'm rich. I am rich because I'm giving thanks. And so the encouragement of your pastor today, the encouragement of Paul, the example of Jesus, and the testimony of Bonhoeffer all point toward this truth that the level of richness we will experience in our lifetime is directly linked to the frequency and to the sincerity in which we learn to exclaim that one word all the time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Now thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Oh, magnify the Lord with me today. And let us exalt His name together. Let us stand up, and for about 60 seconds or so, let's just give thanks to God, PT. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. In response to this message, just open up your heart and just say, thank you, Lord. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases, who redeems our life from destruction, who crowns us with tender mercies, who satisfies our mouth with good things. And thank you, Lord, for renewing our youth like the eagles today. Hallelujah. You can praise your way out of jail. Paul and Silas did it. You can praise your way out of cancer. I know people that have done it. You can praise your way out of anything. Hallelujah. Don't let the jail stop you. Don't let the bars stop you. Don't let the lies stop you. Keep praising. Keep pressing. Keep magnifying. Keep giving glory to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Woo. Thank you, Lord. You know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing that scripture in everything give thanks. I'm seeing you, some of you in your PJs singing, praise, praise his name. I'm seeing you, some in your car on the way to work singing, praise, praise his name. I'm seeing you, some of you on bark just humming that song. Praise his name. Hallelujah. Woo! at your neighbor and say, life will get brighter. Life will be better if you just praise him some more. Praise God. It's a great environment 
for you to be saved. It's a great environment for you to be filled with the Spirit. Every person that wants to be saved or filled with the Spirit, I'm asking you to come to my left and to your right in just a moment. Those that need healing or general encouragement or prayer, you go to my right and to your left. I want our prayer room workers to come up, if you would. Let's set ourselves in agreement. Pray with me, Father. Any person that's not saved, any person that's not filled, we ask for great deliverance today. We ask for freedom in the Spirit. We set ourselves in agreement now in the name of Jesus.